Well, thanks for agreeing to, to talk to us. We're starting a um, podcast series, um, and some of this will get used in, in Laurel's story, just kind of talking to people around the kind of political spectrum around the COVID and the impacts of COVID-19. And uh, when Laurel had said that she had spoken to you, I had, I had asked her if she wouldn't reach out and have you do something a little more in depth to just try to get a sense of where people are coming from, from different, different areas on um, the impacts. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious, we'll just start off with some, so, some softballs, you know, why, why are you, do you want to bring these protests out now? Well, you know, it's kind of twofold. Uh, obviously we, there's some concerns about, how our people are, are managing and, and continuing to, to support their livelihoods. Um, we've done what was asked. People stayed home for, for a, a respective time. And we've noticed that uh, it's just not as big of an issue here with the number of cases uh, as it is in other cities. And we really feel that it's just not a uh, one-size-fit-all plan is going to work for all areas. Um, obviously there's, I don't know, I think there's 200,000 people in Deschutes County as compared to, you know, a couple million up in, in Portland Metro, um, trying to put a, a, a one size fit all plan, uh, that's going to work for everybody just doesn't seem to work. Um, our neighbors are suffering, uh, our businesses are suffering. And I just felt like this was the time we, we did what was asked. Uh, the promises weren't necessarily kept as far as, as the help that was out there that was supposed to be provided. And uh, the, the solution now, now that we see the, the, the cases are subsiding, is to get back to life. And do, why do the protests? I mean, why use that? You know, why bring everybody out of the house and organize? Why use that platform to, to push it rather than, say, phones well, or emails or social media? Sure. Maybe it's splitting hairs. Maybe it's, you know, calling it something else. But, we, you know, it's, it's a town hall meeting. It's a, a meeting of where our community can come together and speak their minds. Um, a protest, you know, is, is probably something a little different. It may, it may have turned into a, a type of protest. Um, but the concept was uh, to get people out there and, and speak their minds, tell their stories. Uh, to really gather the people that felt that their rights were being infringed upon, that their life was being infringed upon, uh, to, you know, just show some, show some civil disobedience. Yeah. Do you think that, um, in your philosophy, originally was the government right to shut it down? I mean, what do you feel the government's role is in a pandemic? Does it have a role? You know, that, I think that's, a. Uh, that's a tough question because, you know, the government is instituted to protect, uh, first and foremost, the rights of the individual, right? The rights and liberties of the individual. Um, but they also have an obligation to the people as a whole. Um, I, I struggle to see how a government has the right to tell a private entity like, a, like our hospitals how to operate. I struggle with that. I don't necessarily understand uh, the concepts and the ties there. I'm sure it has to do with money. I'm sure it has to do with grants. Um, but you know, I understand the good intentions of it. Uh, I don't think necessarily that the government is set up to handle the circumstances. And we're seeing that with the way that the unemployment system has, has failed. 
the way that the grant monies that were that were to be provided to the small businesses have have uh, have, have really subsided and we're I'm hearing stories that there's businesses that are out there that are that are still operating fully functioning making making their typical profit that took money uh, from this PPE small business loans while other businesses that shut down completely and, and sent their employees home got nothing um, so you know I, I believe it was good intended uh, but the execution obviously wasn't in place to be able to to properly address this type of situation do you at this point, do you feel like the government's role should, do you feel like it's time for them to just back out and let private enterprise or the hospitals or others just roll forward with this? At an absolute minimum, it should be dropped back to the, to the local levels, okay. to the local levels to decide. I mean, we got 200,000 people. Harney County's got 7,000 people. I mean, what, what happens at Deschutes County isn't even good for Harney County. Uh, and how can Harney County be, you know, respectively accounted for as opposed to Multnomah County? When you, when you started to do the protests, or I don't want to call it protests, what's the word that you would use? Town hall meeting. <laughs> Community meeting. Were you surprised that, um, were you surprised that there was no police action or no, no nothing by the government to, you know, make nope. it separate or any of that? No, I reached out. I reached out and communicated with, with the local law enforcement. I had the conversation. I told them what we were doing. Um, you know, I quoted the, the statute within the Oregon Constitution that says no law shall, shall be placed that infringes upon the right of the people to assemble. And I believe that they agreed. They upheld to their oath. And, uh, you know, they may not have liked it. We had a conversation about, about social distancing and if I was going to enforce that. And, and uh, I told him no. I said, but that'd be up to the people to make that decision. You know, that's why we're doing it in a big area. If people are worried about their health and safety, they can they can spread out. They can they can stand at a distance and be able to still hear and and speak their mind and, and hear what their community had to say. So, um, liberty to me is one of the the very very first and foremost aspects that we always need to pr to protect. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just got to say, I mean, I, I can understand it from your perspective, but I since since law enforcement is supposed to uphold that stuff, I thought that they would have, I don't know, moved in a little bit more or had a played yeah. a bigger role. If they're gonna if they're going to ask people to do it, uh, that was the only reason I asked if you might be surprised. You might know. Well, that better. I think that I think that goes to show that uh, maybe the maybe the governor and uh, the state just doesn't quite have the authority that they thought that they did. Yeah. You know, maybe there's a lot of fear mongering that went into into uh, uh, convincing people to believe that the authority uh, lied within the laws. Um, I find them questionable. I've done the research on the Oregon Revised Statutes that she claims gives her authority to do this stuff, and I think it's a stretch. I think it's a it's a huge stretch actually to to say that she has the authority to shut down this state, shut down our lives. Yeah. Where do you, what are your, um, as you look at this thing rolling out, let's say, you know, government's, uh, governor's supposed to have her presser on the 4th. Let's say that she doesn't lift. Let's say that she, you know, rumor is she's going to roll it out by, by county, but what's your biggest fear or, or what's your, what's your prognosis about what could happen next? Um, I mean, as far as far as it goes, I honestly, I don't know. I don't I don't know what they're going to do. I don't expect them to open anything anytime soon. That's my gut feeling. Um, what I do know is that there are people in this community that have said I'm opening and they have opened. 
they've they've reached you know reach out to their their consumers and and their clientele and they've they've opened um and to me that's that's the step that's the next step to do if the government's not going to listen to the people that elected them then you know that's just that's just where where we've got to go at some point and at some point our livelihoods have to outweigh one person in St. Charles with with uh, coronavirus. Do you, I mean, again, do you think the government's got a role in trying to enforce the things that they're making us do? What, where, where is that juxtaposition going to come? I mean, if you can show me in the Constitution, I mean, I'd be, I, I would be happy to argue that. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Right. Um, I, I think that they have, like I said, I don't believe it's nefarious intentions. I think there's good intentions. You know, I don't think anybody wants to see people get sick and die. And I think that uh, the role of the government uh, should be there to support the community in the efforts, not mandate how to do it. Let, let me ask you some questions a little more far afield and bring in a little more of your history. How do you, as, um, as the Central Oregon Constitutional Guard moves forward and you guys have you know, been able to activate, I mean, certainly nobody in, in Bend has done what you guys have done in Redmond. Um, did, did some of the stuff that you learned in Malheur or some of the other protests that you've taken place, how has that evolved for you? How have you, how have you learned from those experiences? Um, you know, that's a good question. It's uh, obviously I've learned how to engage with the community. I spent a lot of time in, in Burns uh, talking to the community out there. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking to media and, and I learned that, you know, it always doesn't, come out the way that uh, that you think it's going to. So I'm very cautious with that. Um, so are we, by the way. We just... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as far as, as the learning lessons go, um, I've probably learned more of our history since then. I've probably uh, dove into our constitution and our founding and our foundation more since then so that I can draw parallels when, uh, uh, when the times come, um, there's nothing really new under the sun. You know, that's something that we're, that we, I don't know if you're religious or not, but that's a recurring theme in the Bible. And, and we see that within uh, society and civilizations, that these same things recur over and over and over again. And sometimes um, the previous people have, have paved the road and, and we just got to get out of the weeds and, and uh, find the path again. So, you know, understanding our history has really helped me to um, speak speak more clearly to, uh, for example, to our, you know, to my community here in Redmond. Um, I felt that uh, talking of our history went over very well and, and it was, and it was uh, uh, something that, that they took to heart. Some of the, some people um, express a little bit of fear around the Central and Constant Guards. They say that you, I mean, you guys are armed, well-armed, and they worry about violent intentions. What do you say to what do you say to those folks? Well, show me the first time and the last time that we were violent. Um, show me uh, somebody that's not that doesn't have the right to bear arms. Um, show me the last person that we we you know attacked on the side of the road or in a grocery store. We've done nothing but good in this community. We've been nothing but upstanding citizens in this community. Um, you know, you can fear monger all, all that we want, but the, the facts are the facts is, is, you know, none of us are criminals. None of us have been arrested and, uh, um, we've done good things in this community. You know, speaking of history, when you're, you know, when people often look back at the civil rights movement in the sixties and there were really two camps of that, there's, you know, 
Martin Luther King and peaceful protests, and there's Malcolm X expressing a little bit uh, more of a violent tendency, or at least pushing more. Things. Do you do you see a role for both when you're looking at at the kind of overreach that that you believe the government's taking in a case like this? I mean, where do you fall on that spectrum? You know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a peaceful person, and I'm only going to speak for myself. I'm a peaceful person. The last thing that I want to do is, is is fight my fight my neighbor, um, fight my fellow citizen. Um, we have to exhaust all avenues before society divulges into a violent recourse. That's just how I feel about it, you know? So that's why I do these, you know, I reach out to these public issues like this and why uh, I speak out to, to the elected officials is because I don't want to do that. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want our society to divulge into fighting itself. That's the last thing that we need. Um, you know, we got big enough issues to fry as it is with our economies and, and, and our politics and all that stuff. The last thing we need to do is start, you know, start bleeding over, over ideologies um, when, when we haven't exhausted all the avenues of, of discussion first. Right. How, and, and speaking of discussion, how has, um, how do you feel social media has helped or, or harmed the kind of work that you're currently doing? You know, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a great platform to find like-minded people that, that want to learn and, and express their opinions. But it's also a, a platform where, where you can be attacked pretty harshly um, without recourse. Um, so I, I think it goes both ways. Um, our words are used against us. We saw it in, in, um, in many of the court proceedings in the Bundy trials uh, here in Oregon and in, in Las Vegas. You know, the government... Uh, the vast majority of the information used in, in the, in the prosecution came off of Facebook, came off of social media posts. So, um, you know, it, it's where people have to really be cautious about what they say. So they don't, they don't incriminate themselves, um, or have it used against them. Um, but like I said, at the, at the same time, uh, it's something where it's just where people are. It's where society tends to convulge to, you know, instead of, instead of having a town hall, they now have Facebook. And, you know, that's where the communication happens. When you're looking at doing um, the, your community gatherings, do you, I'm just wondering in the organization, do you have strategies for social media? Do you have, do you, I mean, you've, you've already said that you think, you think enough ahead to like contact media. How does that work for your organization? You know, it's, a lot of times there's strategy involved and a lot of times it's organic. Um, for example, this town hall was pretty organic. I'm like, yeah. I just thought to myself, I'm like, now's a good time for a town hall. Um, now's the time I'm seeing the dissent. I'm hearing the dissent from the people. Here's an opportunity to have people come out and voice their opinions. Um, other times, you know, we try to put some strategy into it. I try to um, make it the best event that can possibly be had. Uh, you know, the last thing we want to do is go out there and, and show up and there's five people. You know, we've had many rallies in Salem that have been that, you know, that have been uh, promoted and, and advertised and, and then fall flat on their face. So um, honestly, shooting from the hip has been been effective at times and it's been and it's been non-effective at times. So it just really depends on the situation and what's what's in play. Yeah. I mean, you've done I, I, I tried to read a little bit of background. I read the Washington Post article that came out on you from a while back. Yeah. And you've put yourself in some um, frontline positions for the things that you believe in. And, um, and it's fairly dangerous. Do you worry about 
your own safety in these kind of these kind of incidents? Um, I don't necessarily I don't necessarily worry about my safety. I worry about my family. Yeah. You know, I worry about what happens if something happens to me. Um, as far as I'm concerned, um, I've I've dedicated my life to protecting our country and 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 serving our neighbors. Um, and if something happens to me, I'm okay with that. But it's it's the recourses of of where that leaves my family is where where I have concerns. I mean, when you go, when you make the decision to go over to Salem or you go to Portland, especially to Portland, where you know there's uh, people who are just as armed as you are on the other side of the um, sure. political spectrum. I mean, what do you, what are you thinking as you, as you start on those kind of journeys? You know, I try to be cautious. I try to uh, make sure that if I go somewhere, I go with with some some people with me you know I try not to do it do it solo but at the same time you know I go over there with the intention that I'm trying to help somebody or speaking a truth and uh regardless of of what occurs um if calm heads prevail you know I, I hope to have conversations with people you know I'm yeah. definitely not going to looking for a fight that's for sure you know that that's like I said before the last thing I want to do is fight my neighbor I, I know that for the most part you're um you're trying to change government from the outside. Do you ever contemplate jumping the fence and trying it from the other side? Have you thought about running for office or? I have thought about it. Um, in, in this political spectrum here, I look at it in this, in, in, I hope this, this is probably going to sound terrible, but I feel like if I was to run and, and obtain an office in this state right now, uh, I'm way more effective on the outside than I would be castrated sitting in office. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> there's a super majority. So uh, exactly, it's pretty hard to overcome at the moment. Right. Well, I don't want to monopolize too much. Laurel, did you have some questions that that you wanted to ask? Well, I I feel like you pretty much covered it. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, BJ, but um, you know, there was this. It seemed like it really lined up with a national movement and. There's been some speculations, probably mostly from like left media, that um, that these demonstrations were aligned with like a strategy from the top down to kind of demonize Democratic governors and get people to support Trump. Does that? What's your comment on that? You know, I'm not. I'm as far as I'm concerned, the left and the right are as guilty uh, for the place that we're sitting in the in this state and this nation. Um, we have a complete failure in government at state and local levels, and and that's and that's caused from from both spectrums of, of politics. Um, I, I truly despise the two party system. Um, I truly, truly despise it. I think that it was never the intention of our founders. Uh, George Washington warned us of it in in the farewell address. So as far as I'm concerned, I had no I had no strategic uh, alliance with anybody in in establishing. Um, establishing this town hall and, and the, these, uh, these, these meeting ideas. It was purely simply uh, an idea that I had that came, that came to me. Um, and, and honestly, I organized it completely myself. Um, the, the Michigan rally that happened um, and some of the other rallies, they just happened to, to take place, you know, a day or so before our rally that happened. And, and uh, you know, that's just it. There's just, as far as I'm concerned, the political spectrum of this, 
doesn't matter to me. I don't care who's at fault at this point. Just, I know that we're at fault and our neighbors are suffering because of it. And, um, you know, that, that was my pure intention was to find a process to getting our families back to work, to getting our people back to work. And that was my sole intent and function. Okay, great. Um, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about your, your background and connection to Redmond? Um, we talked a little bit about um, that you run a business. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, moved to, uh, I moved to Central Oregon in 2005. Um, in 2008, I uh, had a small business, uh, all options property management that we ran from 2008 to 2000 and uh, the end of 2015. And um, from then on, I've been lucky enough to kind of live out my, my longtime dream of being uh, a farmer and a rancher. I, I raise pigs, I raise cows um, for, for food for my friends and family. And um, it's just something that I've been blessed to be able to do. Uh, since owning that business. So, you know, I have the perspective of, of knowing how hard it is to have a business in this, in this state and how hard it is to, to manage and maintain employees um, and how reliant they are upon uh, those, those small businesses and the owners to, you know, to provide for their families as well too. So I totally understand that. Um, and at the same time, I, I understand how important it is to, to have the freedom of choice to be able to, to choose how we want to live um, and, and the decisions that go along with that. Um, so as, as you know, my education in, in the history of this country and the understanding of our constitution and, and what liberty really means, um, I've come, you know, my mind has come along, has grown along with that education. So my mindset has really changed from the time that I, that I moved here to where I am today. Great. And maybe just a little bit about your rodeo background. That's <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, uh, I thought it'd be a great idea to start riding bulls when I was a junior in high school. And uh, I did that from the time I was a junior in high school till I was about 26, 27. Um, I realized I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> and uh, I decided that uh, it was more important to be a good, healthy dad for my children than, than a rodeo star. Yeah, um, Jay, are, are all your vertebrae still separated from each other? I am still, I, I came out of that fairly unscathed, believe it or not. I came out of the, mo the biggest injury I had was on my wife's horse after, after I was done rodeo and I fell off her horse and tore my elbow up really bad. But um, I broke a leg and, and had some cracked ribs and, and this and that, but you know, uh, I'm still upright and uh, I can, I can, I can crawl out of bed in the mornings. That's for sure. Very good. <laughs> hey, um, I was wondering as you, um, and I mean, being in these unusual times, maybe it's hard to forecast, but when you, when you look at the way the country is trending, do you, do you see, where, where do you see things going, getting worse in terms of, of potential liberty? I mean, there's a, a Republican in the White House right now. You've got, you know, nationwide, it's pretty 50-50. What do you think when you look at the political landscape? I, just, I won't, it scares me. It scares me. I, I feel like our, our history and our foundation is slipping away from us um, and that the, the freedoms and liberties that, that so many fought and bled and died for um, are, are kind of falling away from us. Um, I see even as from the, the Republican standpoint, um, a turn to a socialistic type of, of, of society and government. Um, you know, where, where we're not necessarily working um, for our part, where, you know, in part, some of that's given to us. And, and, and you know, 
that scares me. That just it, looking at what's happened in, in say the Soviet Union and Eastern European nations uh, through the past that, that divulged through socialism and in, into communism, what China is today in, in some aspects, especially in, in Western China. Um, I don't ever want to see uh, our country fall into, into that kind of realm. And so that, that's part, part of the driving spirit of me trying to revive the concepts and, and the, the understanding of liberties, because I hope that we never have to uh, come to that crossroads. And do you, do you feel like um, your movement or a lot of the people that were there at the demonstration would feel better about things right now if the government had been more efficient with coming through with unemployment and those grants and everything, or is that just like socialism? No. No, I think people would be be fine with that. Like we talked about in our emails, you know, there's there's a part of uh, of unemployment. It's an insurance that we pay. You know, that's uh, granted, it's a forced payment, but it's a payment that that comes off of our labors. You know, we earn that money that goes into the unemployment. So um, to have that to fall back upon is you know is a good thing. Um, you know, a lot of that money is, is, is redistribution of wealth. And, and it really, truly, it really, truly scares me. I hope that, that it can be maintained and controlled um, in, in an environment of, of an emergency, like has been declared, you know, whether it, whether it truly is or whether it truly wasn't um, the repercussions that the government put upon the people uh, they made promises because like I said, I don't think that they intended on hurting people on purpose. I really don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe inherently people are, are, are evil in nature. I want to believe in the good of people. Um, but it failed and a lot of people are, are hurt because of it. And, uh, you know, moving forward, if we're going to have these, if we're going to accept these types of socialistic, um, programs, um, into our, into our, our freedom and, and liberty type governments, um, we're going to have to have real talks about how those work going forward, because this obviously didn't work uh, when it was most needed. Thanks. BJ, we're, we're kind of at the end of our time. Is there anything you'd like to bring up that we didn't think of or any, anything you want to say that we might have not, not thought of? You know, I guess one of the big issues that I had and one of the one of the driving factors into calling this town hall meeting is I really felt like our senators and our representatives, uh, our city councilors and our and our uh, county commissioners, they really failed us in, in the time that that our voices and our represent, representation was most needed. Um, the Oregon Constitution requires the con the convening of, of legislature by the governor uh, when she declares emergency. And that never happened. And I never once heard a rep or a senator speak out and say, why, why, are, we not in, why are we not in session at this moment? Why are we not in an emergency session? Um, I never once heard our commissioners and our city councilors stand up and say, hey, uh, the people deserve a voice and we don't feel like they're being listened to. Um, I, I just really felt that there was a massive failure of, of the elected officials protecting the voice and the representation, protecting our Republican form of government. That's what that is. Um, protecting that for all of us. And, and we were left to, to the will of, of what I feel is one person. Um, you know, granted, she's, she's surrounded by a lot of people and surrounded by attorneys and this and that. But uh, to, to not have our voices, at least in session, at least as, as, a, counter, uh, as a counterweight to, to what she was doing, um, I really feel that that was another failure and, and another reason why the people needed to rally. 
Do you think that the, I mean, at that time when that was just breaking and there was all that, all, a lot of fear, do you think the representatives would have said anything different than what, than what she said if they had come into session? I mean, they didn't no. even convene. Could they have, could, if, they, if they had convened and rallied, <laughs> would they have then taken, the, taken a stand? You know, I really, my opinion, no, they wouldn't have done anything different. But that's, uh, again, we, we have a constitution for a reason. Um, whether anything was changed or different, at least they went through the proper function of it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not, we're supposed to have this as our foundation as to, to the standard that our laws are supposed to meet and never exceed. There's not asterisks, there's not commas, there's not unless after them. They're, they're laws and, and they say no law shall and they, they go along those lines. So when we don't follow those, when, when the government, the ones mandating the laws don't follow them themselves, it's pretty hard to look at the people in the eye and say, hey, you're breaking the, the law, um, but it's okay if we do. You know, all we're looking for is equal application. Yeah. Well, BJ, thank you. Thank you for taking the time and uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with, uh, you're going tomorrow, right? Going tomorrow. Uh, Phil Henderson's going to come uh, address the public. He's been the only one to respond and say that, that he will come and talk. Um, so I really respect him for doing that. You know, there's yeah. going to be angry people there. I'm going to try to keep them, you know, from yelling at him too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, he, he's, a, he's, he's a good guy with thick skin and, and he knows that he's an elected official and, and, and I respect him for coming and listening and addressing. Oh, goodness. Sorry. I respect him for addressing uh, the people um, when he probably really doesn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Good on it. All right, BJ. Thank you very much. Appreciate no it. No problem. Thank you guys. All right. Have a great, have a great evening. Right. Bye. -bye.